You're listening to episode number four of the High Fiber Podcast. So today we are going to get really excited, a little bit themed, and we're going to go on a trip to the Scottish Highlands, which is super exciting. I'm going to be talking to you today about three amazing fibers to spin while watching Outlander. (laughs) If you are not an Outlander fan, you probably should be, especially if you love to spin or knit because the costumes are incredible and so inspiring. So let's get excited about discovering three wonderful Scottish breeds and what to do with them to get you onto that misty mountaintop right next to Claire Fraser. You're listening to the High Fiber Podcast, where we chase those high vibe feelings while keeping it crafty. So pack your project bag, because we're going on a worldwide adventure to discover the magical, mysterious, and heartwarming stories behind the fibers we love to spin, knit, and squish. In this podcast, I'll be getting up close and personal with sheep, camels, goats, and people to answer all the questions you've ever had about fiber. I'm your host, Kelly Mason, mum, wife, and animal lover from rural Australia. I've never met a natural yarn I didn't like. So let's get excited and get ready to shower them with high fiber vibes. Hello, hello, and welcome. I'm so excited to have you with me here today for our little dive into Outlander-inspired spinning. It is such a visually stunning series. If you haven't seen it, a very quick uh, introduction. Outlander is a book series written by Diana Gabaldon, and it has been turned into a Netflix series, and it is just amazing. It really captured the hearts of fiber lovers because the costumes are so beautiful, and the main character is a lady called Claire Fraser, and she wears some beautiful shawls and cowls and capelets and gloves, and they're just all like really, really magical, kind of rustic, highland you know lots of misty mountains and mud and it's just beautiful there's also lots of tartan so much for a fiber lover it is a little bit violent in some places and sometimes i get a little bit queasy but it is a brilliant series if you haven't watched it I highly recommend watching it. I know that I myself was like a decade late to the party. I just started watching it last year, I think. And I was like, oh my goodness, I love Outlander. I didn't know that. So I really love it. I love Scotland and I just find it really, really an exciting series. And it's kind of just very romantic. It takes you to another place and time. And it's wonderful when you just want to switch off. So That's what we're going to be kind of speaking about today when we're talking about Outlander. I'm really referring to the series because I have not read the books yet, but I definitely am going to. When I was putting this uh, episode together, I really wanted to find like three really rustic, beautiful sheep breeds to bring to you. So I'm sure that if you are an Outlander fan, and you probably are if you're listening to this episode, but I'm sure that you have looked at Claire's shawl or just any of the knitted pieces and thought, wow, I wish I could make something like that. And while there are lots of patterns out there um, on the internet and books, even like specifically for Outlander patterns, sometimes I think choosing a sheep breed to reflect the series as well is not something people talk about, but something I think is really, really powerful. So today I'm going to share with you three rustic fibers to spin while watching Outlander to really help transport you into those stones, into that castle, you know, to get you right along there with Claire and Jamie and all of the other characters that you know and love. 
So the first fibre we're going to cover is cheviot. Now cheviot is often described as an old-fashioned fibre and Whenever I hear old-fashioned, I get excited. Some people think like, oh, it's so old-fashioned, but I'm like, oh, yay, it's old-fashioned. So cheviot fibre is one of those old-fashioned fibres that a lot of people describe as being a little bit rougher, a little bit more rustic, but very hard-wearing, which is great. So cheviot fibre comes from cheviot sheep. And these are a wonderfully solid mountain breed of sheep that come from the Cheviot Hills. The Cheviot Hills kind of lie along the border, just sort of to the south of the border between England and Scotland. So very geographically accurate for the Outlander series <laughs> because there's a lot of conflict, obviously, between the Scots and the Brits. Okay, Cheviot fibre is a creamy white fibre and it has a helical crimp, meaning that it's super springy and very, very warm. It holds its shape incredibly well and is perfect for items that need to kind of withstand long walks through the brambles as you ignore Jamie's directions to stay put and clamber up steep muddy hillsides <laughs> because we know Claire does that all the time. She never stays where she's told. She never stays away from where she's told to stay away from. She is very independent and headstrong and I love that about her. What's more, cheviot fibres are kemp free, which is amazing because it means there's no itchy kind of hairs that will sneak into your yarns. So if you're spinning cheviot fibre, it's quite simple and it doesn't take a huge amount of preparation. Cheviot fibres also take to dye really well and they give you a very rustic kind of chalky appearance because they don't have a luster. So it's a beautiful way to kind of use natural dyes or something like that and really make it feel a little bit heritage as well. An average micron count for cheviot fibre is sort of 27 to 33, so it's a little bit on the coarse side, and it's also a long wool breed, so you have wonderful staple length of 4 to 5 inches, which is really quite decent, like you can definitely do a lot of things with that length. Cheviot fibres would be ideal for sweaters or vests or sort of outer garments that are going to need to hold their shape and really be hard wearing. Now for fibre number two, Scottish blackface. Scottish blackface is, as its name would suggest, a wonderful Scottish mountain breed that features a super cute black or sometimes black and white sort of mottled or spotty face. They have super long fleeces in a range of colours and they have fairly clean skinned legs and face so they don't have fleece on their face and legs. All Scottish blackface sheep are horned. Some have sort of like modest horns and some have like amazing super big curly horns, kind of if you can picture like Princess Leia's <laughs> hairstyle. It's a little bit like that, like big curls on the sides of their heads. The Scottish Blackface is another long wool breed and they have an average staple length of, are you ready for it? 10 to 14 inches, which is crazy long. That's really, really long. Super exciting. Again, they are ideal for a more rustic kind of garment. They have an average micron count of 28 to 38, which 38 is quite coarse. 28 is not too bad. So you could sort of see, depending on what fleece you're actually working with or what fiber you're working with, if it has a micron count, that might help guide your project ideas. So Scottish blackface sheep gained popularity in Scotland around the 1860s due to their hardiness and their ability to thrive and reproduce in really rugged mountain regions in North Scotland. Before that, the Cheviots had been kind of the most prized flock to have, but as the Cheviot wool price fell and uh, the Scottish blackface fleece prices rose, they ended up kind of gaining in popularity. 
Scottish blackface would be wonderful, spun and maybe knit up into a super chunky cowl or like a shrug maybe to fend off the cold wind as you travel across the English Channel with your fiery kilted husband and a plot to stop the Jacobite uprising. Fibre number three is North Ronaldsey. And this was a completely new one for me and I got so excited about this fibre, especially while we are looking at Outlander and Outlander just has like these characters that are so tough, so optimistic, so brave. Some might say foolhardy, but they're just like really, really strong characters that just never quit. And I feel like these North Ronaldsey sheep are a little bit the same. North Ronaldsey fibre comes from the North Ronaldsey sheep, who call the small island by the same name home. The island is located just off the north coast of Scotland, and North Ronaldsey is actually the northernmost island of the Orkney archipelago, which is one of the Scottish Isles. So very northern and quite remote. These incredible sheep are quite small, a lot smaller than many other breeds. They're very fine boned, and they belong to the short-tailed sheep family. They have actually adapted, and this is what really just like, I couldn't believe this, they've adapted to survive almost exclusively on seaweed, <laughs> which is just crazy, blew my mind. So what actually happened on North Ronaldsey Island was these sheep have been there for a long, long time, but there was two kind of flocks. One has turned into almost like a feral flock. They are herded once or twice a year and are maintained in some way, but they are actually feral. So what happened when the kelp industry started to decline, they actually the inhabitants of North Ronaldsey built a stone wall, like a dry stone wall around the entire coastline of this island, which is about 19 kilometers long or 12 miles. And it's like six foot high. So it's like a very decent dry stone wall. And what they did was keep the sheep outside the wall so that they could really make best use of the land inside the wall for agricultural purposes. And they didn't want the wild sheep eating their crops and all that kind of thing. So they actually kind of banished these poor little North Ronaldsey sheep to the foreshores. And that's why they sort of became so uh, reliant on seaweed. And they've actually adapted to really thrive on a seaweed diet, which I just thought was so amazing. Like against all odds, they're still there. They're still wonderful sheep. And um, yeah, just so, so beautiful. North Ronaldsey fleeces come in a range of colors from white to gray to brown and even red. And the average micron count is around 28. So it's a little bit finer than some of the others we have spoke about. They are double coated as well. So ideally you would use the soft sort of finer fibers that grow next to the skin for anything that's going near your skin and the outer fibers for more hard wearing outer garments or rugs or anything like that. So they do have a bit of a short fleece and the staple length is around three inches, which is still plenty long enough, but definitely nowhere near as long as uh, the Scottish blackface, which was 10 to 14 inches. North Ronaldsies do have Kemp, however. Now, if you haven't sort of come across Kemp before, Kemp is kind of like hair and it's sort of see-through. So it's kind of hard to see, but it's a very stiff, scratchy fiber that's mixed in with the fleece fibers. And it's not really something you want when you're looking to spin something that you're going to wear. But because we're all about rustic, uh, rugged outerwear uh, with this Outland episode, I really wanted to include them because they're such a courageous breed and um, they deserve to be well known. So North Ronaldsey is a really rustic fibre that without loads of preparation involving like tweezers and lots of patience to pluck Kemp, might definitely be best suited to things like outerwear or even a bag or a rug. 
Maybe you could even spin some wonderful North Ronaldsy fibre to make a small satchel, perfect for those frosty mornings, picking herbs to use in your remedies. I'm sure that plotting ways to escape your captor column would certainly be made more enjoyable with a sturdy handwoven satchel by your side. Truth is, I've never been very good at saying goodbye. But that's all I have for you today. <laughs> I hope you loved our little adventure through the Scottish Highlands and the Scottish Isles. And I hope that you're able to find some Cheviot, Scottish Blackface and North Ronaldsy for your next Outlander session. I had a quick look online. You can find them on Etsy, on websites. They are quite available. Some of them, North Ronaldsy in particular, is a very rare breed. So you might have to search a little bit harder for that one. But I definitely recommend you getting some and trying some. While you're watching Claire and Jamie do their thing, <laughs> it will really make for a beautiful uh, experience and really make you feel connected a little bit, I think, to the beautiful scenery that you'll see in Outlander. Also, if any of this dreamy sort of Scottish imagery has awakened your travel bug, then please consider heading over to visit my friend Anna at Olagana Travel Boutique. Anna is a business colleague of mine and she runs bespoke tours throughout Europe and she even has trips that are specifically for Outlander fans. And you'll visit Outlander filming locations and drink whiskey and do all kinds of amazing things in Scotland. So please have a look in the show notes. I have linked her business there and she is the best in her field. So if you want a really, really luxury curated travel experience tailored to exactly what you want, go and visit Anna. She's amazing. Anna is also Ukrainian. So I really wanted to feature her business this uh, episode just to help. I've also listed in the show notes a few Ukrainian charities that you can donate to that were recommended to me by Anna. So I hope that this helps a little bit if you're feeling some sort of powerlessness or overwhelm in the face of all the Ukrainian-Russian conflict. And of course, if you'd love to read more about this or see the beautiful photos of all of these sheep breeds, click the link in the show notes to go have a look at my blog post, which has beautiful photos to get you really inspired. Thank you so much for listening today. I really hope you loved this episode. I love sharing my passion and my enthusiasm for fiber with you. I have one quick favor to ask. If you love this podcast, could you please leave me a review and a quick rating or send this episode to a friend you think would love to hear it. You can always send me an email, kelly at spindleandcompany.com.au with suggestions or questions or praise <laughs> and yes I know email it's a bit old school but you won't find me on socials at the moment because I'm working really hard to be more present in my daily life until next time happy spinning